I'm talking to Jade. This is Jay Harris, and he runs the Twitter page for uh, Bon Jovi Talk, which is also a podcast strictly about Bon Jovi, which is uh, both of our favorite band. <laughs> so welcome to uh, welcome to Dope Nostalgia. No, no, thank you for having me on. So um, I was going to tell everybody, um, you're obviously in the UK. Tell everybody where you're from. Yeah, so I'm from Liverpool in the UK. The people will uh, recognise it for the home of the Beatles. That's the only way people know where Liverpool is. So, yeah, I'm from uh, Liverpool in the UK. Anytime someone says Liverpool, that's the first thing they say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anytime. Like, <laughs> what else is Liverpool famous for? Because maybe we should get that out. The, the best football team in the world. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> And then when they know that, then they actually know they know Liverpool. <laughs> there you go. They know what That's they're talking the about. I know it anyway. Good. Good. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of the uh, artists I've talked about on this podcast are um, not huge to this day, but they had like a fair amount uh, or a, a large career in the 90s. But um, obviously there was going to be a point where I'm like, we're going to talk about Bon Jovi. <laughs> and I thought you're the perfect person to do it with. <laughs> um, so tell me how you got your podcast started and how it's been going lately. Um, do you know what? I actually can't even remember why I started to do it. I think I just thought there's nothing out there. Twitter, Twitter isn't really the best way to get your like your message across to people. Um, with a certain amount of characters, they don't know what your voice is like. They don't know the tone of what you're saying things in. So I think I just decided to to, to have a little go. Just got the laptop out, got a couple of guests on, um, mm-hmm. and then I'd say over the past, more so not 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 so so much the past year. I'd say maybe the past six or seven months, it's kind of got a little bit busier with the views and that. Um, but I just need to get the the people associated with the band again because I went through quite a good phase of getting people connected with the band so I think I need to try and get a couple more people on like that again yeah I mean like it's definitely grown a lot for the first few episodes and you had the opportunity to interview a lot of people who were very close to the band like um Hugh McDonald's uh stepson who has his own band right those guys are kick-ass and you've also talked to um, the amazing session drummer Kenny Aronoff, who's yeah. played with everybody, but he definitely yeah. was noted for playing with John a lot, especially on the, the Blaze of Glory album, right? Young Guns Two yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, I was I was really lucky with with who I got on. I said Jake was Jake was a fantastic guest. I think I nearly done two hours worth with him, mm. um, and that was like one o'clock in the morning over here for me as well. Um, and then uh, even like just the, the fans getting on as, as being good. But I, I done a video the other day about the new single, which has been, I think, either the second or third most viewed podcast I've done so far. So it's still growing in, in some ways, which is the main thing. Yeah, good. And like the thing that's nice about podcasting is that it's always there. And once people find you, they have all the other episodes they can listen to as well. And then so your views and or your listens will continue to grow, right? Hopefully, yeah, that's that's the case. Um, I think I just need to start putting more things out a little bit more regularly because um, at the moment it's kind of one every month, if if that, at the moment. But once I kind of settle down again with work and, and get a bit of a routine going, then I'm more than happy to, to do as many podcasts as possible, to be honest. Oh, good, good, because, like, yeah, once you get in a routine, it's really, I think it's important because then you'll drive like a lot of listeners to the show. 
Um, that's what I, when I started doing this right out of the gate, I was like, okay, I have to religiously put out an episode every week if I can. Yeah. But, um, life gets in the way, right? Exactly. That's it. It's hard. I mean, I think there's been a point where I've done four podcasts in one day, just, just to try and if I've had a free day, I thought, right, get them in and then I can publish them over a certain (laughs) amount of weeks, um, which is hard going really because you, sometimes you just forget that you've done them as well. Yeah, that's true. But it's nice to have them all backed up and ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, it's all there then. It's ready. And uh, how are things going over in the UK or in Liverpool right now with the the pandemic? Do you know what? Like, it's not as bad in terms of things aren't closing down or on lockdown as much as other places by the looks of it. But I think it's starting to head that way. Um, I've been lucky, really. I've been to a couple of concerts and, and things in the past week. So... If they are going to get closed, at least I've got to see see the bands that I wanted to see. But the f- the football's been taken off until April the fourth, which is a pain because Liverpool were two games away from winning the the league. Oh. Um, I know, which is more devastating than anything. And there's potential that that could get cancelled altogether. But yeah, oh. like I- I'm still working at the moment. A couple of places have been put down on lockdown in Liverpool, but thankfully, touch wood, like the gym that I work in hasn't hasn't closed down or anything yet yeah, yeah. it's all it's all a day-by-day thing right now because li- yeah. literally three or four days ago like all my jobs were going strong the schools were open yeah. as of today as of today all our schools are closed oh are they? yeah well in Ireland they're all closed but in the UK at the moment they're still open but I, I can't see them getting closed I think it's the only I think it's the only solution at the moment if everywhere else is closing, to be honest. It's, uh, I mean, people are really worried right now if they're going to be able to pay their rent but and eat. But, I mean, I think if everyone's in the same situation, that I think there'll be a, allowances made, and I think we'll get through it, you know? Hopefully. Hopefully it just kind of fades away without us even realising. Um, well, it looks like China is getting better, like it's improving in China. Yeah, where it started, definitely. right? Yeah, I was watching like a there was like a live graph someone put on Twitter the other day, and China's gone like down to the bottom now with like the cases. Yeah, so, new cases only like twenty a day or something today or something like yeah. something a lot lower than what it was. And when you got a population, yeah. like isn't there like at least two or three billion people in China? Yeah, I think there's like sixty six million or something in in the UK, and I think there's yeah. uh, off the top of my head, I think there's only been like. I don't know, 100 odd maybe who've been told that they've got it or have been tested positive or something. It's it's a very small, maybe it'd probably be a bit more now, but it's only a small percentage in the grand scheme of things. I think the whole point of curbing the uh, the infection is trying to take take care of our elders and our exactly, yeah. our people who are people who have immunocompromised systems. Definitely, so. Yeah. So yeah, like definitely. they don't want they don't want happened in Italy to happen everywhere else. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. It's overwhelming there, but um, I'm so tired of like I know we're dealing with this, but it's it's starting to be so heavy on me that I just wanted to do fun things for a bit because <laughs> it's just like I open up Facebook and it's just constant. Nobody's posting about anything else. Well, it's it seems to have the past three or four days. It just took a big turn, hasn't it? Because like last week wasn't really that much of a panic for people. It was just kind of in the news. But as you said, everywhere's just kind of gone on lockdown the past three or four days, which is quite scary. Yeah. It's scary because we haven't been through this. It's like, yeah. not in our generation, right? 
and it makes you wonder if obviously social media and and the media in general are heightening like highlighting it a bit more but like it is quite scary what's happening I'm just taking it a day at a time. So I'm yeah. stuck in I'm stuck in my home for 13 more days. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. And I, and I live by myself. So talking to people is so great right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of podcasts for you in 14 days. Then. I, I think I'm gonna have to do a lot of skyping with people, and because <laughs> I I get cabin fever really quickly. I yeah. I'm gonna be like need, wanting getting the bug to go out real soon, but can't do it. Gotta stay in. Uh, are the um is the US gone into meltdown with toilet rolls like the UK has? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Canada, Canada is. I'm in the. I'm in Canada, and it's like we only have 30 million people here, if that. But um, right. yeah, the, we don't get the whole toilet paper thing either. But it's yeah. happening. It's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's crazy. I went to shop the other day, and there was just nothing left. I was like, what am I meant to do? Just all, all gone. A hose, a hose for your butt. <laughs> Or like a bidet, get yourself get yourself a bidet. Just, just rinse in the shower, I don't know. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, it's going to be the only solution. Keep it classy, you know? You don't need paper, <laughs> whatever. Um, I was lucky because I, I went gro- uh, toilet paper shopping, or just grocery shopping in general before it was all gone, but... <laughs> toilet I didn't paper. I didn't doomsday prep or anything. In fact, I think I'll, yeah. probably, run out, I'll probably run out of like all the good food in a week yeah. and then I'll just yeah. have like all the stuff that's been in the cupboards forever. <laughs> anyway, I would love, 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 love to talk to you today about uh, our favorite band, Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, yep. bon Jovi released three albums in the nineties, um, starting with obviously their huge comeback album from w- which was keep the faith. I think that was, that was 91, right? Uh, 92. Keep the faith. Yeah. 92. Okay. Yeah. 92. Yeah. Okay. Ninety two. I remember I saw them on that Keep the Faith tour in November ninety three, because that album they were touring it a long time and yeah. it had a lot of big singles on it actually. So they got a lot yeah. of life out of out of Keep the Faith. It's a very it was, very good album. I mean, it was a new time, a new image for the band. They kind of I wouldn't say they grunged up. They didn't yeah. grunge grunge it up, but I think you could see the shift in the sound that they were trying to go with the times and what they were feeling at that moment, which was the smartest thing they could have done. That album alone, in my opinion, saved their career to be as successful as they are today. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you there, definitely. I think that if they had st- stuck with like hair metal type of image and sound, uh, they would have become dated like many other bands did. Yeah, I think with like Bon Jovi, to be fair to them, I mean, maybe not so much the past few years, but they do... F- like John certainly has kept up with the times in in terms of you know as you said he kind of lost the the long hair in time for Keep the Faith and then kind of when Crush came out it was like the pop scene wasn't it so I do think he he has kind of gone with the times in some ways um, and and Keep the Faith was definitely a good start Mm -hmm. oh absolutely absolutely and it was a hugely hyped album when it came out now I know you're a bit younger than me so what what year did you start listening to Bon Jovi? Uh, to, uh, well, I think about 1999, I started to listen to them. You know, like, the my brother was a fan, so I think, you know, like, just the classics, like Living on a Prayer and Bad Name, Bad Medicine type type of songs, I kind of I knew. And then yeah. It's My Life came out, and that was it for me. That instantly made me a massive fan. Um, 
and it was during that period that where I just kind of I think it was at that age I was like seven years of age so I started to know a little bit more music and I think Bon Jovi was just I don't know what it was but it's my life and and then the Crush album in general like you say it isn't so and that got released and, and things like that that kind of just made me an even bigger fan and and ever since ever since 2000 I've been a I've been a fan let's say Oh, that's amazing. And the cool thing is, is like you say you were seven years old. I feel like that's usually around the age where a lot of us start to develop our own taste, not just yeah. based on not just based on what our parents like, but like if we have a radio available or whatever, we can we can kind of pick the stuff we like. Yeah, that's, well, that, that's that how I found it. Yeah, well, my dad, my dad's a massive David Bowie fan. Um, my mum, my mum isn't really into anyone. Like, she hasn't really got a favourite artist. But my brother, back in two thousand, up until about two thousand and seven, was a was a huge Bon Jovi fan. So I think I kind of just heard the songs in his room, and it, it, he never kind of forced me to listen to anything. I just really liked it. Um, yeah, and that that made me become a fan. And I remember going into like the the shopping centres and and buying like. It's my life on cassettes and everything at, at seven years of age and stuff. It was just, it was a really good time. And I think that's kind of why Bon Jovi's always been the band for me. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're the first one, like your first, was that your first cassette? I think, yeah, I think so. I, I think I maybe got, um, I think my brother maybe bought me Say It Isn't So when that come out on cassette. And then about a week or two later in a different shop, they had the um, It's My Life a cassette in like a little box like kind of not giving it away but it was dead cheap so I think mm-hmm. that was the first ever one that I bought myself and it was like only like a pound um but yeah that, that I think that was the first one that I that I ever bought I used to love getting the cassette singles because it's like oh, I didn't yeah. have a lot of money at that age and you could just like maybe there'd be some like live tracks or a b-side on yeah, there so you just yeah. wear it out <laughs> i do i miss i do miss them times of of going into into this like the city center and buying a um, like the new singles mm-hmm. it's all changed yeah it's a, it's a different animal now which is funny because my greatest memory of being a music consumer was record release day and the I, the one album I remember being the most stoked for of my whole childhood was These Days by Bon Jovi. So yeah. that album was coming. It was coming. I was so excited. And I knew Tuesdays was the day. You go down. I got to HMV, went in, had it, had the, I actually bought the cassette first because I wanted to listen to it in my Walkman. That's all I had because we I was going out with some friends to um, – yeah to some th- event and I didn't even care to go I just wanted to listen to the album yeah <laughs> so yeah. I had my Walkman in the whole time I'm reading the liner notes in the car I have like my whole day is dedicated to that album it's that just was, it well, was how, how did you find that album you know like did that was that a totally different sound back in 95 for you when when these days come out it was it was not a different sound for that. It was a darker, it was a darker yeah. storytelling album. Um, yeah. I thought musically it was it was very well done. Um, like the, the guitar solos, the writing was just insane, both like from a music standpoint and a lyrical standpoint. I think it's yeah. the best. I think it's the best work they ever did. And the thing oh, is, yeah, a lot I, of it's a, it's the most underrated work they've ever done because nobody yeah. really knows about that album. Yeah, no, it's it is like it's my my number one album of all time. To be honest with you, 
I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't skate past Keep the Faith so quickly. But um, yeah, there were a few gems on that album too. I definitely enjoyed Keep the Faith because it had like a lot of blue stuff, especially like the second side of the of the of the tape <laughs> or yeah. the second side of the album. Yeah. It was very bluesy, but um, yeah, I mean. Keep the faith. I, that's when I I discovered Bon Jovi right before that album. I think it was as soon as like they started showing up on music video shows with their new uh, video for the song "Keep the Faith," and everybody's raving that John got a haircut. John got a haircut. Everybody, and everyone, we could stop talking about this haircut. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure that annoyed them a little bit, but yeah, I've heard that 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 was kind of all over the. Like the the press and, and the media that he had a haircut. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that, isn't it? His hair looked drastically different in a yeah. good way. In a good way. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, no, it was like it. the whole band looked more polished. And yeah. Pre- and pre- and like they just it, they looked like they were ready to come back and like really like take on the world. Yeah. Especially because I know like in the time between the end of the New Jersey tour. And the time that uh, probably since the time he did the album, the Young Guns album, John was at his lowest of lows. You know, like he was burned out. There's a story once where somebody was uh, he was telling someone that there was a point where he was driving in a vehicle and he contemplated throwing himself out on the road. Jeez. Like he was he was not in a good place for a while, but once they had their break and he got it, got it back together and. I think he was already doing better before Young Guns came out. Yeah. Yeah. They, just seemed... like they were just burnt out, weren't they, back then? Pardon? They were really burnt out back in the late 80s, weren't they? Absolutely. They had been on the tour constantly from one tour to the next with no break. And I think it was like two and a half or three years straight. They were working like dogs. Yeah. To the point where John was getting shot up with steroids to get on stage at night. Like that, it's mad, isn't it? Because they still talk quite a lot now as well, and it makes you think. You know, obviously they were a lot younger then, but does that does that just kind of show how obviously that it's taken a toll on his voice and and just energy wise, maybe? Because obviously he's had a lot of problems with his knees, hasn't he as well? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's um he's it's funny because he seems like he's a very healthy man. He's yeah. He eats well. He's got a good physique and all that. But I know he's in a lot of pain. You're right. He's he's hurt his calf real bad. His knees are kind of getting shot. Yeah. Um, as far as his voice goes, it's funny because in the mid-90s, I think that's when he was the best he ever was vocally. Yeah, I agree. In the, in the mid-90s. And that's even like after after the, the meltdown and the comeback. Like His voice no, was yeah. insanely good during that time. Yeah, I remember my brother, we, we were kind of speaking about a year ago or so, and he was saying after, when they came back with Keep the Faith, it was more like his voice matured. It was ra- rather than screaming for the sake of screaming. It was more like he was mm. kind of, it was a more mature, like polished voice, as you say. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I can't really say specifically which song. I'm going to look at the track list here of Keep the Faith. I'll be playing yeah. some of these clips of the songs from that we talk about um, throughout the podcast as well, wherever they yeah. seem to fit, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm looking at the track list right now. My favorite one's off Keep the Faith and thinking about him singing and all that. I feel like his voice 
in the 90s became more soulful and gut-wrenching. Yeah, it, it definitely, it was definitely his peak, the 90s. Keep the Faith album and the tour and the These Days album and tour, I think, were definitely his peak. Or, or more so the Crossroads tour for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Crossroads oh, When was, what year was the Crossroads tour? Well, I, like, I think they kind of combined it with the These Days, but it was 95, wasn't it? And then I think they'd done, like, extra shows in 96, which were more classed as, like, the These Days tour. Okay. Um. But I, I like I, I was watching the Yokohama show nineteen ninety six the other day, and you can't see a change already. Just slightly in his voice from ninety five to ninety six. It's it's crazy. It's almost as if again, like he he overdone it on the tour, and, and it kind of just started to sound a little bit weaker. Really, I'm gonna have to watch that video again. Yeah, ninety six Yokohama because that that one's on YouTube, I think. Yeah, it like it was still a fantastic show, but I kind of just noticed that. Just a, like, don't get me wrong, I'd yeah. I'd pay good money for that voice now in '96. It was <laughs> still too. it was still like fantastic, but you could kind of see the difference, or you could hear the difference from, let's even say, like just the Wembley shows to the Yokohama show. I found whether that's just my ears, I don't know. I just felt no, like there was no. a bit of a difference. He could have been sick for that show, or yeah, you, we yeah. don't we don't even know, but. Um, yeah. I'm glad you brought up 1995 Wembley live in London. That is the greatest Bon Jovi show that there is on uh, video that's oh. widely widely available. Yeah, definitely. It, I never get bored of watching it, I have to say. Never. I'll watch it again anytime. Uh, <laughs> and they've got, they've got all like the blow-up, all the blow-up dancing and stuff on stage. <laughs> like, It's just fun. Yeah, it is. And that, that, like probably... If they do, as you say, if they done it now, it might be a little bit gimmicky. But at that time, it was just it, it just looked so it looked so fun, as you say. It was effortless. The shows were effortless for them. They didn't even have to do anything, and it just looked cool and sounded great. It was just yeah, ninety five. If if anyone ever wanted to watch it, if anyone said to me to give them a a DVD of Bon Jovi, it would be that one without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. Oh, if I ever wanted to. Okay, here's here's a question. Yeah. If you ever wanted to tell somebody who's never heard about Bon Jovi, what would you what would you show them? Be like, this is the band. This is my favorite band, and this is why. Good question. Um, it would probably still be something off the the, the Wembley show. Either like I love the Always performance. Absolutely love that. Uh, oh um, it's so good like that, <laughs> that that performance made always go right up the ranks because i was never i was never a massive fan back like years ago of the of always it was all right i liked it but then i heard that live performance and and it just made the whole song just change for me that that one performance it was it's crazy like but um probably even that or Obviously, you'd, you'd play like the, the likes of Living on a Prayer live because it, it just looks cool. But then I also love uh, Lay Your Hands on Me from the, the Wembley show as well, where John's just spreading across the stage with Richie. Um, it'll probably be something off the 95, I think. But yeah, I think they'll be a little bit disappointed if they watch something from now <laughs> compared to that. I wouldn't show anybody anything from the past five, yeah. ten years, honestly. Yeah. I'd, I'd say I they retired after that performance. No, anything like that I find I would want to share with a new fan would be from the 90s. Yeah. I mean, oh. the 80s, the 80s too, but 
that would be more of like here after you've watched this, then we'll go yeah. back to we'll go back to New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, and this, you know, there's still there's still loads of highlights for me from like 2008 to 2011, but the the 90s if it was to show somebody a, a performance of a Bon Jovi, it'd be something from the 90s, I think for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, I really like the Crush album too, but I can see that it has a special place in your heart because of the fact that it was like the first new Bon Jovi album in your life and your fandom. Um, yeah. but it was a solid album. I really liked it too. Yeah, like uh, I put on Bon Jovi talk the other day. It's it's probably not even in my top five, but yeah, I still get this like weird feeling, you know, like a nostalgic feeling when I listen to it. It does take me back to like the summer when I first listened to the album and I became a fan. Um, so it kind of has that like memory for me. This, it's not the best Bon Jovi album, but as you say, it's a solid album. It's It's got certainly four or five really, really good songs. Um, you could kind of, I couldn't at the time, obviously, because it was the first album I got into, but looking back, you can see, as I said before, you can kind of see John was kind of staying with the times with, Bring and Crush Out, it was more of a pop rock album than a darker rock album like these days. That's true. That's it true. was a little more pop orientated, yeah. um, especially with It's My Life. And But It's My Life ended up being one of their biggest commercial hits ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, um, how did It's My Life do over like in the States and Canada? Because did it, I also, I, I'm sure I read that it didn't do as okay. well as other places. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to Google that right now. <laughs> I could be, I could be totally wrong, but I'm, I'm saying I read something that it wasn't. It certainly wasn't as big as what it was in like the UK and and Europe. Well, that's very much uh, probably the case. Yeah, I think I think um, usually, usually they do more. They do very well in sales in Europe and Asia more so than they do in the US with the, yeah. anything in the last 20 years. Um, yeah. Let me see. How did it chart in the US? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Here we go. Um, can Canada it only hit number 20. Oh, boo, Canada. <laughs> US, US mainstream top 40, it hit number 14 in the US, um, and the Billboard Hot 100, it hit 33. Wow, so, yeah. That's like low. Yeah, considering it's a, it was a, such a massive song and still is really like the crowd still go wild for it. it, Europe, it isn't. European Hot 100 single number one. Wow, I think in the UK it went to number three. You're correct. Yeah, I it hit number three. So you're gonna have a much more vivid experience of knowing the how big that hit was than than we would here in North America. Oh yeah, like. As I say, it was kind of that that song just made me realize kind of how big Bon Jovi were because mm-hmm. said that the songs that I knew before then they were they were they were in the eighties. I never really knew nothing from the nineties apart from probably always. I think um, so. Like when when it's my life come out, it was it was all, all over the music channels. Like there was billboards of the Crush album all around, like Liverpool. Um, it was on. Like, you know, like we used to have like music TV shows like Top of the Pops and See the UK and it was that Bon Jovi were just all over it. And now, like, just looking back, they were, obviously at the age of seven, I, I wish I appreciated just how big Bon Jovi were back then because yeah, no yeah. one no one kind of even knows that they're still going apart from the core fan base, really. 
No, it's true. I mean, like uh, the only time is like my my friends who aren't as big of a fan as me, they'll be like, if Bon Jovi's coming to town, which yeah. is not very, which is not very often. Of course, everybody wants to go, and they all want to hear "Living on a Prayer." And you know, like I'm just like, can they please play something else, please? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It, like there's nothing anybody knows really from. I'll certainly have a nice day. I think nobody knows any songs from. Nope. From at least, at least then, I don't think anyway. Not really. Not yeah, really. Certainly not yet. Anyway. I mean, uh, I'm looking. Going back to keep the faith here, I was curious about their numbers, and it's it's kind of the same case once again. It was number one in the UK. The album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep the faith. Uh, U.S. Billboard. It hit number five, and in Canada, it hit number eight. It was only number one in Australia, Finland, and the UK. Wow. That's yeah. a surprise, actually. I didn't know that. I thought it would be a bit more. Yeah, me too. Considering how big they were in the 90s anyway, and it was such a, as you say, like John's hairstyle was all over the news. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember it being really big on Canadian television, watching, like, Bed of Roses was a big deal. The was video it? and video and everything for bed of roses i think i think got more rotation for sure yeah. more play here um i would think that's probably the biggest single we had off that album um i would say one of my favorite if i were what would your favorite song off keep the faith be um do you know what like i mean i, I do love keep the faith the song and it's it is one that i never get bored of but mm-hmm. back in Probably when I, I started becoming a big fan. So, as I say, like 2000, that probably up until about 2005, I believe was my favourite song ever. Um, nice. So, probably, if I had to choose one, it would, be, it would, it would probably be, I believe, I think. That's that's my favourite. Uh, I, I, I'm with you on that one. It's such a, like, I love it as an album opener, like with the intro. I think live... Even even in 2011, when they brought it back for a couple of shows, it still went down really well in Lisbon. Um, I just think it's I just think it's a classic type of Bon Jovi song, upbeat rock. I agree that yeah. it was the perfect song to open the album. Yeah. It was real, like it was really like we're back, bitches. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, I I don't think the single did very well, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was a great track to open the album. Well, um, you know. Um, you know Andy, who does the podcast with me? Yeah. Uh, well, he was on. I think it was the first ever podcast I done with him, and we were speaking. I think his favorite albums, Keep the Faith, and his mm-hmm. favorite tour. And he was saying that on the radio, um, they were going to say that they were going to play the full Keep the Faith album on the radio before it got released or something, or play certain songs from it. And mm-hmm. I believe came on the radio, and he didn't realize it was Bon Jovi until about a minute and a half through the song. Because it just sounded different from like the '80s stuff. I thought it was you too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I gotta say I'm not a U2 fan. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because like a lot of the stuff they've put out in the last few years reminds me of U2. Oh, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And I mean, I was hearing that on the radio the other day in local in my local radio station. They were premiering the new Bon Jovi single. And one of the DJs literally said, this reminds me of you too. And I'm like, see? Yeah. It's... I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Oh, no. It's like even on the forums, everything's kind of the same. Like the production and the sound is just so U2-esque. It's John Shanks. 
Oh, master! Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's got to it, be. The, it's he. He's made the sound for them, and they have not left that. No, at since two thousand and five, everything has sounded very U two slash like Coldplay type of music. Yeah. Um, yeah, gonna, like uh, it's a million miles away from I believe. Anyway, it really is. It really is. I would say my favorite uh, song on that whole album would be "If I Was Your Mother." Yeah, that's like. It's heavy. A Bon Jovi song, isn't it? <laughs> it's heavy, and it's still got strings in it. You it, know, it, it's like it's such a good song. It's such a like I love Fear for the same reason. That's so like rocky and gritty, and it's yes. just a totally different sound to Bon Jovi. I think them type of songs still got still like got... big, uh, big harmony hooks in it. Like they still got big melodies, like they've always had. But yeah. the guitars, the guitars are dirty, and they're. You know, like, uh, it, it just it feels like a tougher, <laughs> tougher album. It's just tough. I like it. Where does it? Where does the Keep the Faith album rank in your in your albums? Number two. Really? Yeah. 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 Number two. Um, yeah. So these days is obviously number one. Number three would be maybe maybe Bounce. Really? Yeah. Well. It should be New Jersey. <laughs> it should be. Um, I have to think about that, but it, yeah, I really like. Uh, I really like Bounce. Yeah, like it. I think it's underrated, but I also think it's it's got some really weak songs. But then on the yeah, flip side, yeah. it's got some absolutely standout solid songs like Undivided and Hook Me Up and things like that. Yeah, Undivided's a killer tune. Yeah, that's probably the last heavy Bon Jovi song, I think. You think so? Yeah, like that's got the real, like, I don't know, like the intro is just... It's got like a really grinding guitar at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, whereas you've got like the likes of Have a Nice Day, which is still quite rocky in some ways, but it hasn't got that grit like Undivided. Just think Undivided as an opener as well. Yeah. yeah, I love Undivided. One of my favorite songs. Yeah, and that's uh, for people listening who don't know about Undivided. The whole album Bounce was written after 9/11, and that song is specifically about 9/11 and yeah. the country coming back together and as one and helping each other out and what everyone went through. So a lot of the songs on that album are inspired by that tragedy. Yeah, it's yeah. such a it, it's a good. I think it's something I'll have to listen to again, to be honest. It's been a while since I listened to it all the way through. It's probably been, oh, geez, at least at least 10 years since I listened to that album, like track one to track 12 or whatever's on there. Um, I haven't listened to that album all the way through for a long time. I might have to go back to that, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Like, it's worth a re-listen. I would definitely recommend it. Um, mm. I wanted to just quickly, there's two songs on that album that sound too much alike to me, though. They're good songs, but they sound very much like like they could be the same song. One is Love Me Back to Life. <laughs> and Hook Me Up. Nope. Oh. oh. No, I don't think it's Hook Me Up. Hold on. I'm, I'm Googling as I chat, so. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Bounce Bon Jovi. Here we go. What could be the distance? It's the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The distance and love me back to life. Yeah, they, they're I very do. similar songs. Yeah, I get that. I get that definitely. Hook me up sounds like um, oh, what's that band called? The Cult. Really? The cult. Yeah, do you think so? Yeah. 
Yeah, it reminds me of like Firewoman or something. Yeah, I like it. I do like Hook Me Up. Oh, me too. That's kind of just vanished, hasn't it? You never even heard of that by anyone. Like, no one ever seems to mention that song. Nope. And it's a good one. It's it's yeah. just a sleeper. And, like, people forget about it. Yeah, I think it, I, I don't think it went, like, down too bad live either. When, certainly when I watched it on the promo shows anyway, I think it went down quite well. Hook me up. Uh, I'd have to see. I'd have to Google some YouTube, some videos, to see if they have any performances of it. Yeah, there's a couple. There is a couple. Like they don't like it. They certainly played it on a few promo shows, anyway. Um, mm. And it seems to go down quite well. I thought, but I suppose it's different if you're there. I guess. Well, I'd like to focus in on these days. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the wiki on these days here. It was released in June 1995. Yeah. Um, the producer, his name was Peter Collins, and he's, I believe, he's from the UK. Oh, Let's okay. check here. Yeah, he's an English producer. Is he alive? Because I'll try and get him on my podcast. You should. He's 69 years old. You better get him quick. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try and get his email now. Yes, look him up. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would love that, too. Jeez, yeah, I'd love that. A... Yes, I think that would be a great guest to have. Um, Peter Collins. I don't think he did any other Bon Jovi albums except for that one, probably. Be brilliant to have him on, like... Yes. Yes. I think he's yeah. He's got Facebook. I don't have Facebook, but I'll try and get try and get in touch with him somehow. Yeah, if you can find, if he has a website or something, too, you can just email yeah. him or go through an agent. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a good one to have. I think. So with these days, another um, big noted thing about that album it was their first album replacing um, bass guitarist Alec John Such. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first album released after he was let go from the band. And at this point, he was unofficially replaced by Hugh McDonald. But Hugh McDonald had been playing stuff for Bon Jovi forever by that point. Yeah. Yeah. So it was no surprise to anybody. He he wasn't um, pictured on any of the promo, promotional material or photo, photo shoots yet. No. Um, no. They just basically put the four guys. So it was Richie, Tico, John, and David were doing all the photo shoots at that time. And that Bon Jovi was like that for a long time. But they didn't yeah. include Hugh in photos for a long time. Yeah, well, was was the first album, was it This House Is Not For Sale? The first album with Hugh in the pictures? Yeah, yeah, like promo stuff. Honestly, I think he, they started putting him in the pictures once Richie left. Yeah, I think because... Um, I think he got made, I think when Phil kind of got made official, I think it was only right that Hugh obviously did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I, like, off the top of my head, I can't think of any promo photos with with Hugh in, off the nope. top of my head, anyway. As long yeah. as Richie was in the band, I believe there was just four of them in the photos. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse but, um, but, yeah, once... Once Richie was gone, it, it changed a little bit that way. Um, also, I'm really glad that they John stood up and made sure that Hugh McDonald was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Along with the rest up. of the band. Yeah, I was made up. And um, when I heard that story about it, I was made up, to be honest. Mm. It was like, uh, yeah, it made me have a lot more faith in them again. <laughs> than, yeah. Than he, no, I... he went and did that. Because honestly, Hugh played with him from the very first single. 
Exactly. He plays, yeah. he plays on on Runaway. Like he's on yeah. the first Bon Jovi album. So yeah, he's, 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 he deserves it. Definitely he deserves <laughs> it. You'll have to excuse me. I don't think <laughs> I have the coronavirus yet. <laughs> it's I uh, can't get it. I can't get it through Skype. Can I? No, I think this is our best way. <laughs> We're safe. This is safe podcasting. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like you know with the D's that his album. With, like you went to the tour, didn't you? Yes. So, yes. like, obviously going to that tour, like, is it hard for you to watch them now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't I don't watch I don't, anything they do live anymore. Yeah. See, I think I don't really have. I mean, I can watch it obviously, but I don't have anything like that to compare it to. And it's it's mad because the amount of people I know who do struggle to watch. Like, don't get me wrong, I do struggle to watch stuff, but. You've seen them in their prime, like ninety two, ninety five was them in their prime. In my opinion, was was them in their prime, and yeah, yeah. Only imagine what you must think watching them now, like. Well, I, I think you're right. I feel very lucky that I got to see them once in ninety three and once in ninety five, and yeah. although I was super young, uh, I really took it in. Like the experience solidified my fandom. Mm. Like, I, I used to laugh at people who'd, like, cry at concerts. Like, you'd watch, like, people <laughs> cry for Michael Jackson and stuff. Yeah. And then I remember I remember uh, in 93, uh, they started doing I'll Be There For You. And just, like, looking around the whole arena and everyone singing along and all the lighters. Yeah. And looking at them on stage and thinking, like, I can't believe I'm here. I just started to have tears come to my eyes. Really? Yeah. From, from From being overwhelmed by the experience. Yeah. yeah. It's easy. It's easily done, I suppose. As you say, it's like taking it in, stuff like that. It 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 does hit home, like yeah. It it just made me like I'm I'm like I am absolutely obsessed with this band after that yeah. seeing them live the first time, and then I've seen them ten times now. <laughs> it's yeah. like I mean, as I said, it must be it must be hard for. Like to have their memories, as I say, it's different watching it on YouTube and different watching it on on TV compared to actually being there, isn't it? But what you must what you must think now after watching them back then, I just I can't even imagine to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's why I don't. I just don't. I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it's just fair enough, definitely. I kind of want to just bask in the heyday of what they did. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally understand that, to be honest. After these messages, we'll be right back. We'd like to thank Analog Brewing from right here in the city of Champions for being the official beer of Dope Nostalgia. Check out their tap room. It's open Thursday through Saturday from 4 till 11. You can enjoy $6 pints and an everyday low price of 13 bucks for a four-pack of their retro styles. That's Analog Brewing, 8620 53rd Avenue. Hey friends, you know what I really love doing is podcasting. It's so much fun, and I've been so lucky because I've talked to amazing people so far doing this show. And I'm trying to bring you guys the very best content I can. Now, in doing that, it does get kind of expensive, and I'm on a little bit of a budget to do so. But there's a way you guys can help out, and it's called Patreon. If you visit our Patreon page, you can subscribe to our podcast and get all kinds of ultimate perks just for subscribers. 
There's different tiered levels, so you can join for only $1 a month if you'd like. What's in it for you? Bonus content. We'll give you a shout out on the show. We're going to be recording all kinds of super secret stuff just for our Patreon subscribers. And in doing that, in subscribing, you're going to help us pay the bills. Help me pay my phone bill when I'm calling people far away for an interview. Help us pay for our licensing fees so we can play you awesome music clips and so much more to help keep this boat afloat. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Introducing TurboGrafx-16. The legendary axe. Turbo action. Turbo sound. Turbo graphics. Turbo graphics 16 from NEC. A higher energy video game system. As far as the album with these days goes, I'm going to kind of talk about it track by track because it's yeah. obviously the, the most important album to both of us. And I think that everybody needs to hear hear some snippets of it. And yeah. uh, hopefully they'll find that they're a fan of it, too. You know, it just it was underrated. People didn't really. It was the year it came out, I think, which is a problem, too. Like, 95 was an odd time to put out a, ro- a rock album. Yeah. That, that was like grunge. Like, Kurt Cobain had just died, right? Yeah. The year before? Yeah. Um, I think grunge was still pretty big at that time. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the music industry was kind of finding a foothold of where to go after Kurt Cobain died. And I mean, there were some bands coming out that were like uh, post-grunge, or what basically what they were called, like Matchbox 20, like yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. So that kind of rock was, but that, that was very uh, sing-along stuff, you know? Yeah. Like typical radio sing along stuff, and I really like Matchbox Twenty. I saw them live too, and that was really good. Is that that's with Rob Thomas? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They had a lot of radio hits. Yeah, I quite like them. I like um, I like Rob Thomas's solo stuff. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, back in like two thousand and three or something, when he brought out that album, two thousand four. Um, yeah, I, I became like a quite a big fan of his. Mm. It was just after uh, the Santana song. He done done smooth. The oh, new right. Santana. Oh, yeah, that was a great. Was just, that was a great album. I think that kind of made them go solo for a little bit, um, and it was such a really really good album. According to John Bon Jovi, the album these days was influenced by Pearl Jam, Tool, and Nine Inch Nails. Oh. In their that. wiki, which actually that seems a little far fetched to me. Yeah, they don't sound anything like Tool. No, yeah. But then again, they're still sounding like themselves. True. So yeah, maybe maybe it's just where they got that that darker feeling from was from some of those types of bands at the time. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. They said that it's funny that they wrote such a dark album, too, because their band was actually in a very happy place at that time in their career. Yeah, like, I always think, I've always said this album, I always think there's, like, a message behind it. I always I don't know whether it was John was going through a difficult time with Dorothea, because I just think the lyrics to some songs, you know, like, it's hard letting you go, uh, like, Diamond Ring, like, the all kind of heartbreaking even 
um, if that's what it takes. They've all got this message of like relationship, I think. Mm-hmm. Even like just the song titles, you know, if that's what it takes, as I say, um, something for the pain. This ain't a love song, lie to me. Yeah, um, like all the love songs are, are not happy. Yeah. And, and the songs that aren't love songs are social commentary. Yeah. Like they're all, like, I just think, I think there's just a massive, I think John was going through, I think the band were in a happy place, but I think, I don't know whether John's personal life may be. Um, because Richie had only just got married, so it surely can't be about his relationship. You'd think. Oh no, he was in oh, no. La La Land. He was with Heather Locklear. Things were going yeah. good. I think he yeah. got married just like a couple of months, not long before the album got released. Um, but I don't know. I just think looking at it, like just looking at the song titles now, everything seems to be about like I don't know relationships or. Even the lyrics, I, I think there's a. I think John was going through a bad time with, with Dorothea. That that's just my my well, instinct anyway. It's possible, but they definitely said that it is was based or they were in a good spot in their personal lives. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's possible that John was writing, putting himself in a perspective of other people's eyes. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but, but, um, yeah. He, this is around the time too that he was starting to find a, an interest in acting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that could have had, that could have played a part in that. Um, yeah. That he was writing songs that were about like other people, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Could I don't be, know. Yeah. yeah no, like, well, let's go yeah. through it. Let's go through it track by track. Okay. And then just kind of like evaluate what we think of each track. Um, the title track of the album being called Hey God. Okay, we ready? Just about. Let's go.
it's a very heavy yeah. start and and it's got a really good uh guitar riff yeah very like it's like one of the best bon jovi songs for me um that i i remember hearing it for the first time because in i don't know if it, i presume obviously like kind of then in the u.s have it but we used to have what was called like a record fair um so it was like basically like bootlegs before the internet went massive it was like bootleg shows and cd singles that you couldn't get in like the likes of hmv anymore and things and i used to go there every sunday with my brother and my dad and it was when i was starting to buy each week a different bon jovi single or live album or something and i was i remember picking choosing hey god and i'd never heard it before and my brother was like that's going to be too heavy for you it's it's a real it's really rocky and i was like no no like i'll be fine i'll be fine because obviously it was it's a totally different sound isn't it to crush and that was the album at the time i had and um, i remember playing it for the first time and i was like wow this is like amazing and i'll never ever forget the first time buying it and listening to it just for that one reason that my brother said it would be too heavy for me and i think after I heard that, and if he said that, I thought, I can listen to anything else then. <laughs> if, if, if that's too heavy, if he's saying it's too heavy for me, I can listen to anything else. It's like you're, he's challenging you. Don't do this. This is too Honestly, much. Honestly, yeah. Don't go off. The, yeah. It's nothing like, it's like, nothing oh, like yeah? she's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, God. Um, the story of Hey, God is he's basically, it's a social commentary for sure. It's, talking about like the guy who's like things aren't going right with with his life and the man's holding him down and he's just kind of trying to say like well asking god why is this happening to me yeah it's um lyrically as well i just think it's lyrically and musically i think it's just a perfect song do you do you think it should have been released as a single it was released as a single yeah no like that's what i mean like do you think it should have been like, do you think it's a like that's a single? Like, do you think it's a chart type of song? Mm, I think maybe people were scared of the subject matter a bit, especially in America. Yeah. Um. For instance, I think, okay, I, I'm a I'm a Christian. Yeah. I I, I believe in Jesus and and God yeah. and and I I have trouble sometimes with the concept where he's questioning God. Yeah. But I can understand from the standpoint of like, it's somebody asking, why is this happening to me? Yeah, it's almost yeah. like, you know, um, but it never re- resolves in saying why, why it's happening to this person. Yeah. It's just this person's basically like, help me. I, I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that would have worked in America. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it done too well in the UK really. I think it was off the top of my head, I think it was like number thirteen in the charts, which probably during that time for Bon Jovi wasn't the best. It didn't chart at all in the US. It became a moderate hit. I'm getting all this info from Wikipedia as we go, by the way. In case you're wondering. <laughs> I it's not it's just out of my brain, I, I promise you. <laughs> um it didn't chart in the US. It became a moderate hit in Canada, Finland, Iceland, the Netherlands, and the UK. Moderate. Yeah. I've got for some reason I've got the it was either number ten or thirteen. I don't know why them two. I, I'll try and have a little look now. Um, a God was number thirteen in the UK. Went to thirteen. 
Yeah, okay. which was probably the lowest one. Oh, actually, no, no. Uh, Sleeping I'm Dead was number 17. I was going to say it was the lowest one of the 90s. But okay. it wasn't. Um, yeah, there was a couple. Um, I love the guitar in Hey, in hey God. The guitar, the music, yeah. uh, it's pretty pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I love, love something like that now. It's a song that makes sense to be the title to, or the, the intro track as well. To the to the yep. whole album because of yeah. like it's kind of setting you up for the fact that hey we're gonna talk about a lot of things that are messed up. Yeah. No, definitely. Are, it's, that, it's this person album. is feeling dark. It's a really really good album opener, I think. Um, similar to I believe, just a different sound, different sound of the band, I think. If I had to pick between I believe and Hey God, though, I would pick I believe. Yeah, I th- mm, yeah, I think I probably would, to be honest with you. Only just, though. But I think if I wanted to hear a song live, I think I'd still probably go with Hey God as well. Ah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I've always wanted to be here. I believe I've never heard it live in person. And I said it was my favourite song for a while. So, But I don't know. Hey God's just got... I don't know. <laughs> I can't choose. Yeah, no, it appeals to you. Yeah, it, I think they're just they're just two such good songs, the pair of them. I would say for this next song, track number two, Something for the Pain. Mm-hmm. I dig this song. What I'll tell you, though, is that this music video is the worst Bon Jovi music video ever yeah. made. Yeah, it is, it is it awful. Is. Yeah. <laughs> think something for the pain would probably be my weakest one. Yeah. Probably. I I can agree with that. Um, that song maybe, doesn't do much for me. Yeah, maybe I 
don't know. Maybe maybe the second weakest song behind one that we'll probably get to, but yeah. <laughs> I wonder uh, if we're gonna agree on it. Yeah, possibly. Um, uh, so, yeah, something for the pain. Um, if you guys don't have it was the second single off this album. Um I don't think it charted well either because even the first single didn't chart great. That's what I'm going to be interested in looking up next. Anyways, the video is a kid going into a record store like I did to buy this album. <laughs> he looks like he's walking into an HMV. Yeah. And and he puts on some headphones and listens to all the different CDs that are on the walls. And it, and it shows clips of impersonators of like Eddie Vedder, Courtney Love, Snoop Dogg, like singing the songs to him or something it's really <laughs> fucking stupid it's is it the same it's the same guy isn't it that's in the lie to me video as well i think the skateboarding guy yeah i yeah. think so yeah for the, they, they seem to use a theme of the same actors i think for yeah. most of the videos on this album yeah i think but i'd have to look back at that um yeah, it's yep. not a. It's probably that's something for the pain. It's probably not even in my top hundred Bon Jovi songs, to be honest with you. No, I forget, that, I forget about it all the time. Yeah, but saying that when it got when it got brought back in like two thousand and ten, I think for the live shows, I'd have kind of want. I, I kind of wanted it just because it was another song off these days, and yeah, at the, at the time it was such a rare song. Um, yeah, I I probably. I'd have probably have wanted it, and I'd have only have liked to have heard it once. But it's it's not in my top hundred songs. I don't think. You said it was two thousand ten. Yeah, I think it got brought back in two thousand ten on like the you know like the catwalk type yeah, thing yeah. that John used, like the the circle, the like the band used to come out and play that only like acoustically. Yeah, um, that's what I remember. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, it, like it, to be fair, it was it, like I enjoyed listening to it. Live, I don't dislike. I don't hate the song. It's no, probably just. No. I think it's just. It's it's the weaker on such a solid album. If they brought it out now, it would probably be up there. Um, oh yeah. yeah! If something for the pain came out on a new Bon Jovi album compared to all the other stuff that they've been writing, I'd be like, "Wow, this is amazing." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but in par of what they're what they were making at the time, it was kind of a mediocre track, in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, there would have been yeah. better songs to have been the second single. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the third track is the first single off the album. It's probably yeah. one of the only songs that the general public would actually know from this album these days. Um, the song is called This Ain't a Love Song. see what it charted here i love that video i thought the video was fantastic yeah yeah so they, filmed it, they filmed it in like malaysia or something i think yeah. i would have to i'm sure it'll tell me somewhere here or maybe not oh yeah no it was in thailand yeah that's where they filmed it 
I just um, think he looks so. I think John just looks so cool in the video. He does. Like, like a black t-shirt and just kind of kind of got that scruffy that scruffy look going that he had, but he he pulled it off. Yeah. He started to let his hair grow out again. It's like blowing yeah. everywhere. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that single, it hit number two in Canada. Wow. Uh, UK singles, six. Yeah. Number six. Uh, US Billboard, 11. Oh, no. Billboard Hot 100, it was number 14. US Mainstream Top 40, it was 11. Mm. Well, that was it. That was what... It is a great ballad. It's a fantastic ballad. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I think, I think releasing it as a first single on the new album probably wasn't the best move, but I can kind of see why they done it with all with the success of Always. Yep. Um, I'd like, it's just, it's such a good song. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's got everything. Like, a decent, decent guitar solo. Not a major, but a decent guitar solo. Fantastic vocals, lyrics are brilliant. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's a it's a commercially genius ballad. Yeah, um, and yeah, I agree. It's got a wicked guitar solo. Richie was still pulling off some really wicked guitar work at yeah. that time. He always does, but I mean, the solos were still melodic and they still sang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing you'll notice about uh, this this album is that. In a world where radio songs have to be three minutes and thirty seconds on average, <laughs> yeah, the shortest song is like four minutes and thirty-five yeah. seconds. Well, no, Diamond Rings shorter. Diamond Rings, but yeah, like. But the songs were not shortened for radio. No, no definitely not. Um, and that that could have been against them too. Oh yeah, I mean, I would like the compared to now. I think the every every song. That they seem to release apart from one or two is three minutes thirty, roughly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got that same, you know. Uh, you can tell that they're just writing for, they're trying for that one more hit type thing. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's a sad thing to do at this stage is. in their career. Yeah, compared it's to not going to happen. Yeah, compared to it, like as you say, there when these days, you know, they were still, you know, almost tr- they were trying really because, as you said, the music scene changed so much. But yeah, yeah, they still they still pull out songs that are at least four and a half minutes long. I think that every uh, artist putting out music now is, uh, unless they just don't give a shit about popular opinion, yeah. they're they're doing three minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unless they're trying to write like an epic like storytelling album where they just want the listener to lose themselves in the music and not care about the radio play. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, definitely. But uh yeah, this ain't a love song. Uh brilliant tune. Brilliant uh, tune. Underrated, really. Um uh, well, I think they've uh, you know, they haven't played it for God knows how long. I think two thousand eleven, I think they maybe pulled it out two thousand eighteen, but I don't think I don't think they did actually. So it's been nearly ten years since they've played it live as well. Like, I don't think he can sing it. Maybe oh, I don't know. Can't. Yeah, but the no, verses no. the verses weren't that difficult. Well, I, I think even in two thousand and eleven, he, he struggled a little bit during the Lisbon show. But then saying that, it was the last show of the tour. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't see them ever bringing it back. I would man. I'd like to hear it acoustic. To be honest, I yeah. think it, I think with an acoustic sound, it it did pull it off really well. 
Well, he could even sing the chorus like, you know how he'll take like a song that's got a hard chorus from, and he'll make it lazy, and he'll just yeah. like sing it, sing it like he could sing it like, if the love that I've got for you's gone, or some yeah. crap like that, you know? Yeah, he, oh, could yeah. Do, he could do that if he uh, wanted to. Yeah, definitely, definitely could. Um. I don't want people to think I'm trashing on John too hard because I, I do that enough in some of the Bon Jovi forums and whatnot, but um, um, <laughs> no. it is what it is now. It's That's where it is now. He's not yeah, exactly, physically yeah. capable of, of hitting the notes that he used to, as are a lot of artists. Yeah, and he'd be the first to admit it as well, I suppose. So I remember the last time when I was on your podcast, I, I got really passionate about the singing and I was getting all upset about his voice. And I was also really into the wine that night. <laughs> I, I was like a bottle deep and I was talking to you because I was really nervous about it and I had just been out partying with some friends so I was like I was like and let me tell you one more thing <laughs> good times at least now you're doing your own one after this so it worked it had, it had a name that bottle of wine helped uh it did then <laughs> Got me all warmed up for the rest of my <laughs> podcast career, but uh, but uh, no. Um, oh, I'm obviously not drinking right now because I'm a little bit under the weather. Yeah, and quarantine, and there's no alcohol <laughs> in my house except I have three. <laughs> actually, that's a lie because we actually have a beer sponsor. Oh yeah, for our podcast, they're wow, a local brewery, a local Edmonton, Canada brewery called Analog Brewing. Wow, that's awesome. They have supplied the podcast with a great amount of beer, and I'm not drinking any today, but there's a reason. Oh. Hey, I'm, I'm under hey. the weather, so. <laughs> no, good on you there. That's, that's a good little move, though. Yeah, yeah. You should, you should look into that. See if you got a craft brewery there that would be interested, like Liverpool's finest brews. Yeah. I think once they hear the name Bon Jovi, they'll just laugh at me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yours, uh, yours has a bit more substance than mine. Well, maybe there's some... If there's a brewer out there who's a big Bon Jovi fan, you guys get a sponsor. <laughs> bon Jovi Talk Podcast. Get in touch. Get this guy some beer. <laughs> maybe it's going to be a winemaker, because you know yeah, John and his wine. Hump the water might, uh, might sponsor me, you never know. I doubt it with the mouth I bashed them, but yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah no. Uh, there's my there's my current plug for analog and um, <laughs> moving on to track number four yep. uh, is the album track the title track of the album these days I was walking around just a face in the crowd trying to keep myself out of the rain so Everybody's got their cross to bear these days. She came looking for some shelter with a suitcase full of dreams to the motel room on the boulevard. I guess she's trying to be James Dean. She's seen all the disciples and all the wannabes. No one wants. 
themselves these days Still there's nothing to hold on to but these days These days the stars ain't out of reach These days there ain't a lot of on the streets Oh no, no, these days are fast Nothing lasts in this graceless age There ain't nobody left but us these days it's a, it's a long song. It's very much a storytelling song. Um, the best lyric I think on the song uh, that's poignant is I guess I'd rather die than fade away yeah now where did that come from no idea but what a song like definitely in me probably in my top 10 Bon Jovi songs Uh, and as you you said there you know it's, it's quite a long song but when you're listening to it, I think it goes quite quick because it's six and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, oh, jeez, I just absolutely love it. I never get, I never get, even now when I hear it live, like, you know, I hear the, I think I hear the three times out of four shows on the, uh, the, the last tour. Uh, like, I still appreciate it. I just love it. I absolutely love the song. Love how it goes down live. Mm-hmm. I could listen. I just, yeah, it's just such a good song, I think. It's uh, yeah. the lyrics to that are, are what really got me on that on that song because yeah. um, it's literally telling stories about people and um, they're 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 not feeling very encouraged. Like everything seems out of reach is basically what it's saying. Yeah. It's, and, it, and this I is just, what. Sorry, go ahead. I think it's just such a good storytelling type of song. It's a. Like and John John Live kind of does it as a story, doesn't he? Kind of acts it out a little bit as well, which kind of gives it a little bit more bit more meaning. But I just think oh, it's just it's such an easy song to listen to, I think, as well. Just like the intro is just perfect with the like David Bryan's keys and then the guitar kicks in. I just think it's such a good song. Um The weird thing about that is especially with the theme of the whole album being so dark and not very uh, positive would be that it's funny to compare it to what everything Bon Jovi puts out now is all like, you got to fly, spread your wings and fly. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're in this together. That's, yeah. that's how they are now. But in that album, they were like, no, everything sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything sucks. We've only got each other. So screw it. That's kind yeah. of what they're saying. It is. Yeah. But that line, it's better to burn out than to fade away, is from a Neil Young track. And I think it was John Bon Jovi's uh, take on that without directly, like, stealing it. Yeah, it's it, it's just a brilliant album. We've got uh, Lie to Me is the next yep. one on the album.
that was another cool video where they had the uh, the same actor kids in it. Have you seen the? Um, have you listened to the Florida version of "Lie to Me"? The what version? Right. In Tampa Bay, Florida. I think no. it was. I think it was. It was. I've got a feeling it was ninety six, but it could be. I think it might be ninety five. Actually, I'll have to send you it. It's it, it's in my top three live performances. Lie to me is probably not even in my top 20, 30 songs, but uh-huh. that this performance is in my top three definitely. I would appreciate it if you sent me that. Yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Like John screams it at the end. It's just so good. He does his typical yeah 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 yeah. 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 He does that in a lot of songs, eh? Yeah. This is like, I, I'll try and find it now and send you it, but oh, it's just, I haven't listened to it for a while. I'll have to listen to it after this. It's just absolutely incredible. The whole yeah, the whole yeah. version is just amazing. It's dead dark. Like, it sounds really dark, the, like the, the way they're singing it. And oh, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Lie to Me is a very, a very soft spoken ballad until it gets to like the the bridge of the song then it starts yeah. to pick up this one's a real and it's funny because the song the line literally is it's a bitch but life's a roller coaster ride <laughs> and the song is a roller coaster ride because it takes you slowly slowly builds 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 get to that peak right there but we got to go around again so let's hold <laughs> on down the roller coaster <laughs> it is it's it, like i said it's probably not in my top 30 40 songs or so but it's still a song that I, I massively appreciate, and I, I, again, probably a bit like always, it was it was the live version that made me go wow, like yeah. that took it to like another height for me. It's yeah. just fantastic. It's a basic ballad, but it's enjoyable. I, yeah, yeah, I really like listening yeah. to it. Um, song number six, and it would be side two on your cassette. <laughs> yeah. um, oh no, is that right? No, I'm wrong. Uh, the end of side one. And uh, yeah, last one. It's damned. Damp was never a song that interested me very much. I really? was, gonna, yeah. but until, it was until I saw them do it live. This okay. is the greatest song I have ever seen them do live. Really? Yeah. Of all of all of his songs, like just the way he performs it, because he does this breakdown in the middle where he's talking all like sweaty and dirty about like how he's in this raunchy affair, and he's making it sound like he's in this affair with the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like he's seducing the crowd kind of thing. And it's just like so crazy. Yeah. I gotta just, find a good live version of that. 
I've never, like, unfortunately, I've never got to hear it live, like, in person, but, that, like, it's always, that band is always in a song that I just took to. It's so, it's so upbeat, it's so, like, fun to sing. John mm-hmm. sounds brilliant, the guitar on it's class, it's just, uh, it is, like, it that's, I, I think it's in my top ten songs, Damned. Top ten, oh, overall? I think so, yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, I think cool. so. It's it's 100% in my top 20, but I think I think it might be in my top 10, yeah. Um, so, for the listeners it, who've never heard Damned, it's uh, about having an affair. It's just, oh, it's just a brilliant song. Absolutely brilliant. But again, as you say, they're about having an affair. I just, I, something's just telling me this album's about John and Dorothy, yeah? You know, <laughs> you know what John's like. Or was he's, like you never know what it but I don't know. I just I think, think I think he's admitted to having fun in his no, youth. Yeah. Even though he was with Dorothea at the time. I think I think that's stuff that they worked out and whatever, but obviously they're happily married. Um but I'm sure that he had his moments. Oh god, yeah, yeah, definitely. This is from the point of view of the woman's married, or at least like his ring is on your finger, but my heart is in your hand. Yeah, yeah. Which makes you wonder, like, if they wrote that for a movie or something. It's such, like, like, they're lyrics that you kind of forget about as well. And they're brilliant lyrics. It just shows how solid that album was lyrically. Mm-hmm. Like, that, them lyrics you've just said there, like, I've never kind of thought about them in that way. But, like, it's just, like, it was just effortless, wasn't it, for them to write a song then? Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're underrated lyrics, right, right there. I'm going to have this one little freak out before we continue. Why can't he write songs that are this good anymore? <laughs> the same person yeah. wrote, writes these masterpieces. Yeah. And now he writes like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Like just garbage. Yeah. Wash your face and brush your teeth and all that. <laughs> Get ready for the day. Get ready for the day. Spread your wings. It's, everything's going to be okay. It's just, it's two totally different people. It's crazy. It is. And it's, like, it's, 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 it's just lazy now. He's 15, like 15, what is it, 25 years more mature now from that as well? Like he's 25 years older and he's yeah. writing. Like you'd expect that back then, not now. Do you know what I mean? It should be the other way around. He should be writing like the cheesy, yeah. you know, like finding himself lyrics. And now he should be writing the, the quality stuff. I'll give him I'll this. Give him- that uh, the song he just released, the uh, was it called Unbroken? Yeah, yeah. That the lyrics of that are great. Yeah, they are. To be fair, yeah. Great lyrics, yeah. great lyrics. As yeah. far as lyrics go, they're 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 wonderful, high quality, good job, John Bon Jovi song. But it's just he can't write any cool melodies anymore because he can't sing them. Exactly, and as good as the lyrics are to Unbroken, the actual song, I just can't I can't take to because I just think it's it's a bit too slow and. Vocally, yeah. it doesn't sound good, and it's it's like they can't get that balance at the moment of great lyrics and great melody. It's either one or the other. And I hope, well, I think as long as Bon Jovi continues to put out new music, I hope the best. Like I hope that the new album will surprise me. Yeah. Twenty twenty, that's coming out uh, anytime now. Who knows? Yeah, I hope so. Who knows? Everything's delayed now, so we we don't know. But um, yeah. it, uh, music shouldn't be delayed because music is, is you don't have to socially. We need music right now. Yeah, it was it like 
I, I still I'm scared of 2020. I have to say what 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 it's going to sound like after the first two songs. But mm-hmm. I always find with Bon Jovi, there's there's at least two or three that I always really like. Yeah, I think I'll probably find a couple songs on the album that I'll enjoy. Yeah. But I really I don't like the new single. I think it's not it's not for oh, me. Safe. Yeah, I haven't heard it. I haven't listened to it since like the first week it come out. To be honest with you. Well, I don't plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> Going into the second half of this album these days, um, it's my very favorite Bon Jovi song, I think, of all time. Is it, yeah? Yeah. It's uh, My Guitar Lies Bleeding oh, wow. in My Heart. Makes it the the number one song for you. Well, there's two reasons. One is like it's it's definitely one of those songs that takes a while to build up. Yeah, and then it all of a sudden is like an orgasm, like near the end. <laughs> Fair That's enough. Musically, um, yeah. there's so much going on. The guitar work and the guitar solo is killer. Yeah, killer. Yeah. It's so yeah. it feels so good to listen to, and it's not a happy song. It's a sad song. And in fact, the song yeah. was written. The lyrics are basically about how he can't think of what to write about that day. It's it's one of those. It's like, my guitar lies bleeding in my arms because I can't write a love song the way I feel today. I've got nothing left to say. He doesn't, he can't find the words kind of thing. My guitar, like this song, I, this kind of, it's a weird memory, but I remember when my brother, like I used to live at home and obviously my brother lived there as well. And he, we used to, like, if he ever went out, it was like mine and my dad's opportunity to go on his computer for a bit. And uh, I was on it, and I put the These Days album on, and My Guitar Lies Bleeding was on while my dad was on the computer, and I was just, like, sat next to him. Mm. And I always remember his face when it kicks in, and, like, John... Again? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, he elevates my dad's eyes, kind of, like, kind of, like, went dead big. And it does do like, that. Uh, it punches you in finished. the face. 
it does. It, it just comes out of nowhere. Literally yeah. comes out of nowhere. And I just remember my dad kind of at the end of it was like, that was good, that. And he's mm. he's not the he loves to keep the faith album, absolutely loves that, but he's not really into them for anything else. But mm. I, I just that 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 song kind of makes me every time I listen to it, it reminds me of my dad kind of being in shock. And I just think if my dad's like that with that song, then I can imagine a lot of other people have been like that when it kicks in. It is. And it's one one of those songs I played for a friend I remember one time. Because people, when I say I'm a Bon Jovi fan, and you know, they just think of Living on a Prayer, whatever. I wanted to play this song for somebody. So I was like, do you want to hear my favorite Bon Jovi song? I play it, and they're just like, this is Bon Jovi? They write stuff like this? Yeah. Yeah. Not everything is an arena rock anthem. And that's what I think the general public thinks. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I think I, I've always thought that people just find Bon Jovi cheesy. And it's, yeah. If yeah. like, we, I was in a music shop with my dad yesterday and they had every other band except Bon Jovi. And I was like, Bon Jovi, whether you like them or not, is still one of the biggest bands in the world. But people don't, people don't take to them just because of the singles. But if you went deeper than that and actually bothered to listen to an album, or that's an album. I, I, as you say, even just like a song like My Guitar or even Hey God, which was a single, you wouldn't think it was Bon Jovi. Like, you'd, I think it would just wake people, it would just kind of shock people that it's the same band. Exactly. Because yeah. they have so many songs that do not sound like what's on the radio of Bon Jovi. Exactly. And, and people, are, people are like, I had no idea they had it in them. Every yeah. time I try to tell people that Bon Jovi don't suck or they're, you know, like they're not cheesy, like you said. Yeah, I, I'm like I, I want to prove it to you. I want to play you this, but they they're not that interested. Yeah. Um. But but when they are, and you, yeah, they'll actually listen, and then they'll be like, "What? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Yeah." So this is one of those songs that 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 do that for me because yeah, it's deep. It's very deep. Oh, are you, did you say you're gonna play clips on this on this? Hell podcast? yeah! You've you've got to do the build up. <laughs> you've okay. got to for this song. Okay, I think I'll take that from the guitar solo, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that play the solo into the into the build up. Yeah. Then they can find the rest of it on their own if they like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next song, um, "Letting You Go." It's tearing out my heart It's hard Letting you go Now the sky shines a different kind of blue And the neighbor's dog don't bark like Well, me these days, I just miss you. It's the nights that I go insane. Unless you're coming back for me, that's one thing I know that won't change. Cause it's hard, 
just like this well two things i'll say i'll say the first one i think i've said this on a podcast before but for years i was singing the wrong lyrics so you know where he says like um the old dog don't bark like it used to mm-hmm. well instead of bark i used to think he said fart <laughs> so for years literally until about 2015 <laughs> for, for about 15 years i was singing the old dog don't fart like it used to <laughs> and it was only it was only that like I think I watched like a lyric video or something on um, YouTube and it said bark and I was like that's wrong it's fart and I looked in the album cover and it said bark I was like no I'm wrong oh, <laughs> so that... and you believe that in all seriousness too yeah it's uh, fart yeah. Honestly, for years for years I was thinking God like that's such a random line that he's talking about like a dog farting but yeah like for years honestly for years, years dog. Yeah, honestly, I've been singing that for absolute years. Um, yeah. and then, you, just, you just made my day. <laughs> but then when, <laughs> when Bon Jovi played it at the O2 Arena in 2010, again, I, I didn't go to it, but I, like always, unlike um, the same love song and, and a couple of other ballads, it was one of them that, it like lied to me as well, it was one of them songs that, made me appreciate the song a lot more because you could hear a pin sound while John was singing it in, in 2010. Uh, like, we've thankfully got a pro shot version of it and just the emotion behind it, it, it just kind of it made that song kind of go up in my rankings again. And ever it, since then, I've appreciated it, it a lot more. It stays quite soft throughout. Um, yeah. Like, vocally, there's a, there's a few pinnacles there. Um, yeah. for, for but like musically the so- the music stays pretty soft throughout yeah um the song was written by just john and it was written for the uh the movie he his first movie he was in that moonlight and valentino movie yeah um i don't remember if it actually made it on the soundtrack or not yeah i don't think it did i haven't heard anything like that it did but the movie uh, didn't do that well anyway like it was no. kind of like a bunch of Bon Jovi fans went to go see it, like yeah, yeah. Like the gr- especially the ladies. Like I'm like, mom, mom, we have to go. <laughs> um, so we did, but um, great song. No, it is. It's a uh, yeah, fantastic song. And the next song, track number nine, "Hearts Breaking Even."
love this tune. Yeah, same. Underrated, in my opinion. Uh, this one would probably be my second favorite song on the album. Wow. I think. It, it, to me, it's got an um, Aerosmith type of sound, I think. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, and do you know why? No. Desmond Child. Ah, uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Desmond Child co-wrote three songs, yeah. four songs on this album. And that's one of them. Yeah, do you know what? Didn't even put the two and two together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got it's a very sense. Desmond Child sound to it. Yeah. It's kind of got like a crazy crying, like like one of them yeah. type of songs, I think. Yes, yeah. it does. I've never made that connection. Thank you. Yeah, it, I've, ever since, because I... Aerosmith and Bon Jovi, like I was never a massive Aerosmith fan, but I always liked the singles from a young age. And I remember in like 2004 when I went on holiday, I took the These Days album, and I it was one of it was just one of them. And I was like, oh god, this sounds like something similar. And it was it was Aerosmith, and ever since then, I've always thought it sounded very similar to either Crazy or Crying by Aerosmith. I can't think it might be a mixture of the two, to be honest. Definitely. Uh, definitely an Aerosmith ballad because of the wailing and everything. I can picture. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if he, the story of the song is. I wonder if he even wrote it for Aerosmith and then it ended up being for Bon Jovi. You never know. Yeah. You, you never know. It's yeah. a, it's a just a guess, but it could yeah. have gone either way. Yeah, possibly. But I the thing that's cool about this song too is the bridge of the song. Bridges are awesome to me. The part that's not the verse, not the chorus, but it comes after. Yeah. It's like, is the the different part of the song is the bridges in this album are really well written. Like yeah. go on, get on with your life. That part? Yeah. Oh, a, it's it's killer. There's a there's a part that I love and I can't think of the top of my head, but but John says like a certain lyric and I absolutely love it. Certain uh, letter? Like, yeah, it's like a certain word that he says, and I can't think oh, it's a... Um, it's 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 in the bridge actually. I think it's where he says, "I'm paying the price again, but I'll see the light again." And his voice kind of hits oh, that. Yeah. And his voice just kind of like elevates, and then he goes straight back into like the chorus. Like it 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 just goes dead high, and then it drops dead low back to the chorus. And I just absolutely every time I get that, it kind of gives me like a tingle. This song this is song. solid proof of what his voice used to be capable of doing, oh, and the fact goodness. that it was like. He was an amazing singer, and this song proves it. Am I, am I right in thinking it never got played live? I don't think so. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen a bootleg or anything. Uh, I don't think it did. Shame, because it's a brilliant song. Yeah, it pretty much stayed a solid, like just an album track. Yeah, it's a very, um, very fantastic song. No, I love it. The next song is track 10, Something to Believe in.
a lot of people, Bon Jovi fans especially, have some kind of engagement with this song. It's oh. a big deal. The song's a big deal to a lot of people who are fans. I, yeah, I love what you, it. What do you think of it? Oh, it, like in my top ten again. Um, yeah. Um, first time I ever heard it was um, they done the I think it was the Yokohama show and they brought it on the one man night CD didn't they uh, the live and John hits that like long note and I remember it was <laughs> like 2001 I think and my brother said to me listen to this and he ha- he actually had the DVD of Yokohama or the video and I was just like wow like because he held it for like 10 15 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, and, and and it's like he's singing it and he's holding it and it's just breaking. The note is crumbling yeah. with emotion while he's yeah. holding it out to the very end of his breath. Yeah, it's almost like the last couple of seconds is like quite hard for him, but he still gets it out. And it's just uh, just one of them songs that live and like I was listening to a, a version from 2010, I think it was Sydney, and he pulled it off. Like he really pulled it off. It was brilliant how we done it. Like it was absolutely bucketing down with rain he was mm. he was drenched but he, he like he was just proper into the song um, oh with the rain that even makes the yeah. imaging it's, uh, it's it even just, better I'll, I'll send that I'll send that across as well because someone done like a pro shot of it um, or like a multi-cam but uh, it was just yeah one, well, of, the like, song, one of them songs I just love for people who don't know it the song's very much again about like someone questioning their faith or losing their faith and not knowing um, they need something to believe in, basically. They, that it, the person's really broken. Have you heard um, don't, um, Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me? Have you ever heard yeah. that song? Yeah. It's like the intro is identical to that. Hey, 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 yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. It's identical, isn't it? That's another connection I would have never made on my own. <laughs> it's the same, but different. Yeah. Like it's uh, every time I kind of hear that in the background, like if it's on the radio, something I go, that... and then I kind of realize, yeah, it's not going to be something to believe in, is it? Is that Richie? They're doing that. Hey, hey, I yeah. think it is. He do, yeah. he he does those a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I miss Richie. Yes. That's a whole other podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh. Definitely. Um, but something to believe in. I I get the respect for it. Like I said, I mean, like the the subject matter for me is a bit hard because I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 very popular with the Bon Jovi yeah. fans for sure. Yeah, I think I, I, I such a good song. I think we got two tunes left. If that's what it takes. Bet you counted all the tears, I bet you cried I bet you swore you'd never let her back inside Cause it hurt you way too bad to say goodbye Now there'll be times when I might put us to the test And it's hard for broken hearts to just forget But I'm driving blind, I lay it all on the line If that's what it takes, that's what I do Tonight's the night, I'm gonna prove it to you Do I have to break down? 
another forgotten song, really, isn't it? But I think it's solid. Another solid song. It's also a very solid song. Um, it's, it's not weak in any way. And I like the, uh, once again, the bridge. And when he holds out the last note. Yeah. I'll yeah, be there till you hit the ground. Like yeah, that one? Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. So, again, it's kind of not, it's not something I've listened to for a while, really, because a bit like Heartbreaking Even, as good as they are, because I think you never hear them live or anything. It's not something to kind of go back to, but yeah, I think it's it's a forgotten song, and I'm I'm not sure if that I think that maybe only got played once, if anything. It might have not even got played that, but uh, yeah, it's kind of forgotten about for people. But I I, I really like it. It's a basic upbeat rock song, and that's the thing though. This song doesn't sound as sad as the rest of the songs. No, no, yeah. This is because it has a little more like hope. Like this is what I'm gonna do um, to 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 get you or whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's not like the rest of the album. I think it's no. one that's a bit different. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think they uh, could have put this on one of their other albums and it would have worked. Yeah, fine. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, last song on the album. Yeah. Diamond Ring. Probably along with something for the pain for me, one of the weaker. Um, I don't know. Like again, it's not a bad. I don't think there's a bad song on the album. And again, like if you kind of put it on another album, because it was originally for New Jersey, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, they wrote this album. They wrote Diamond Ring years ago. Yeah, I believe there's a demo version out there that was for New Jersey. I think you're right. It's it's on the box set, the the New Jersey box set that they released a few years back. I have uh, that. It's a, like I, I actually prefer that version to be honest. But uh, yeah, again, it's not a bad song, and I, I got to hear it live in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. and they kind of it was just John and Richie, and then it went straight into Always, which worked really, really well. Oh yeah, I can uh, see that. That like that kind of made me appreciate it a little bit more. But 
it's yeah, it's not something that it's not a song that I'll I'd ever recommend anyone to listen to in in my opinion anyway. But again, it's that's not saying it's a bad song. I think just on such a solid album, it's one of the weaker for me. I think what I like about the song is the harmonies in it. I like yeah. like it's very it's a very basic uh, acoustic ballad, very yeah. similar to other songs like More Than Words or To Be With You or other rock ballads that have been put out that in yeah. that regard. Um, very simple, very basic. It's catchy, but the harmonies yeah. are are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but John and Richie have always had that, and they've had that in many many songs. Oh yeah. So Definitely. that's what yeah. I like about Diamond Ring. Yeah. I will give an honorable mention to one song that's a bonus track. Before yeah. wrapping this up, I'd like to give it up to Bitter Wine. Bitter Wine, yeah, fair enough. Off the Japanese and European bonus track editions. Um, yeah. The reason why I'm going to give it up for Bitter Wine is because of the one line that says, you were giving me head on that creaky old bed at the old Duval <laughs> Motel. <laughs> I remember hearing that as a teenager and like, rewind. What? <laughs> giving you head? That's amazing. <laughs> And how, how can you go from lyrics like that to a dog that farts? It's like <laughs> <laughs> two different people again, eh? <laughs> the farting I, dog uh, album these days. What, what do you think of All I Want Is Everything? Oh, solid track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A really cool um, opening guitar riff. It just like punches you again. All yeah. I Want Is Everything is a great song. And it got played live quite a few times as well. Did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got played. I think it it was played at the Wembley shows or one of the Wembley shows, anyway. So maybe on the European edition, this was like part of the regular album, and that's why they did that. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it it may be on my album to be honest with you upstairs. Um, But yeah, it's not. It's not on the on the Canadian or American release. Um, but unless you got an import or deluxe release, which I did, because I got a release of these days that was like a like two disc and it had like some other songs on there like john singing some some motown stuff yeah um then there's the the song prostitute yeah 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 oh wait that might have been off the cd single for the same love song anyway they recorded a lot of tunes for these days and like those are all included yeah i am I'm just looking there on YouTube. They played, it looks like they played All oh, I Want Is Everything quite a lot, to be honest with you. Played it in Germany, mm-hmm. uh, Paris. Like That's just on on YouTube that I can see. And then there's a couple more, but they, they, they've definitely played it quite a few times, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to have a lot to uh, look at after yeah. we have this chat. Yeah. <laughs> played it in New Jersey. Yeah. It's going to play because... a lot, to be honest. Nothing makes me happier than watching old Bon Jovi. Such old Bon Jovi. Yeah, same, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, Good it's great. I want to I thank you for your time. And, like, I always enjoy chatting with you. It's only been a couple times, but it's great. Yeah, um, no, thanks for having me on. Um, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, and, we could Because uh, we, speaking about the these days, one more, it would be good to go through keep the faith as well on another one if you've ever got the time yeah let's yeah. do a track by track on that track track, yeah because um that's an album that I, again i haven't really listened to like stars to finish for a while um I, I think just because of the day and age we're in now with spotify and that it's hard to listen to something all the way through but um it'll probably just like this like this has made me want to listen to 
like heartbreaking even again to be honest with you yeah it's making you revisit those tracks yeah so i think like there'd be someone keep the faith that i kind of go do you know what actually i really like that song i've heard it for a while um it's always good to do stuff like this i think Mm -hmm. i i think it's a a good refresher and makes you remember what you really loved about the band in the first place And hopefully, hopefully our listeners who aren't that familiar with Bon Jovi have stuck around to listen to the whole episode and then they might give us some feedback on what they thought of the songs. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they were surprised. If you're playing like a couple of snippets in between, like I think some of them will make people go like, wow, Mm. some song like I think it'll put like shock them a little bit with certain songs that aren't like living on a prayer and it's my life and that. Mm hmm. And this is an episode I was really looking forward to doing um, because I knew that I had to, I had to always at some point talk about Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) So it's cool. I want you to uh, take a moment and tell everybody where they can find your podcast. Uh, So yeah, well, my podcasts are on, um, I put them on a place called Anchor. So you can listen to them on Anchor and then they're on like a couple of other um, apps from there. I can't even think of them off the top of my head, to be honest with you, which isn't good. Um, but then all of them are on YouTube. I always upload them onto YouTube first. So they're so always people, on YouTube. And then people yeah. just search um, Bon Jovi Talk on YouTube and they'll find your podcast. Yeah, literally on there. And then obviously I'll always update me, me Twitter and I always put the links up on there, like the most recent one. But yeah, I've, I've done ones with, as you said, Hugh McDonald's stepson and uh, mm. Kenny Kenny Aronoff and Mark Weiss, who was the official photographer during the slippery days, and that was uh, a very like, cool interview too. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. I, that me me biggest gripe was I was meant to get Lorenzo Ponce and you know David Bergman, who does the photos now. Mm. They were they agreed to come on, and then all of a sudden, both both at the same time, changed their mind. So whether oh. somebody in the Bon Jovi camp said not to, but. What can you we'll, do? We'll never know. We'll never know. I'll have to. If they were silenced. Gonna, <laughs> me, uh, my next goal is to get the that Peter Collins or whatever his name is now, who done the these days. Peter album. Collins. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 my next goal now. Now that you've said that. Good. I hope you get him on and uh, let us know more. Like um, we'll be posting this episode in the next few weeks and share it with friends. And yeah, thank you guys. This was uh, Jay Harris and yeah, Bon Jovi Talk podcast. So check it out. And there, I'm going to stop recording now. (laughs) Hit up our Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia. You like Twitter better? That's cool. Nostalgia dope. Or shoot us an email, dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.